The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to P.I.'s Declassified, an inside look at the world of private investigators. Your host is Francie Kaler, a noted private investigator. Francie and her guests take you behind the scenes and into the genuine, sometimes gritty business of investigation. You'll hear stories from the trenches with plenty of surprises. Here's your host, Francie Kaler. I'm so excited to have my friend, private investigator Rich Robertson, on the show today. Rich has shared his expertise on PIs Declassified before, but today it's more than that. Rich is a champion. So what happened was Rich lives in Arizona and a county called Pima County, Arizona, filed suit against him. Can you believe that? And he prevailed. So after a two and a half year battle, uh, he prevailed. And as a result... The Arizona Newspapers Foundation honored Rich with Freedom of Information Award, and he's here to tell his story. Good morning, Rich. Morning, Francie. This is such, this is so great, because you really have represented all of us when you, you won this uh, lawsuit. So let's talk about that. Well, what you. happened? How did this all start? Well, there's nothing, uh, nothing better than uh, starting the day by seeing a document with uh, <laughs> the word defendant next to your name. Right. <laughs> um, so, I, uh, Pima County is the uh, uh, county where Tucson, Arizona is in the southern part of the state. I live in uh, Phoenix. Uh, so, Pima County uh, is uh, like the second largest populous county in the state. Uh, one of the things that I do in my private investigator business is uh, uh, conduct studies of outcomes of criminal cases for defense attorneys. So if they have a, a okay. if they have a client who is accused of a particular set of crimes, uh, uh, maybe kitty porn or aggravated assault or first degree murder, you know any any combination, I use uh, court and uh, prosecution data that I compile uh, to look for similarly situated defendants so we can compare uh, the outcomes of one defendant to another. And, mm-hmm. uh, and it becomes useful in negotiating pleas uh, at sentencing uh, for even talking to the clients themselves about what they can realistically expect an outcome to be. And so uh, I do that by gathering uh, data from courts and prosecuting agencies. And uh, the, the 
uh, Pima County Attorney's Office was one of those entities that I sought some data from. I was retained to look at first-degree murder uh, cases around the state. So uh, there's 14 counties in er- er, 15 counties in Arizona, uh, and and so I contacted county prosecutors in all of the counties, asking for their data uh, on for like. 10 years of conviction data. So let me it, ask you, Rich, do you, yeah. let, me, let me ask you, do you normally run into obstacles? Well, you know, there's, uh, I, I run into pushback, I guess. Uh, I'm the only one doing this in, in Arizona, and I don't know of anybody doing it elsewhere in the country, frankly, but mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> at least at a state level, I know of somebody doing it at a national, uh, federal court level, but the uh, the pushback I get is because they're not used to having people ask for large amounts of data, uh, and they don't like the idea that uh, defendants get to uh, have a fair shake. <laughs> That's my bias. Well, all right, right. Uh, but but it's uh, I've been doing this for like five years, and and uh, it's been. Useful. It's a useful tool for criminal defense lawyers here, and and in this particular case, I was it wasn't even for a particular defendant. We I was actually asked to compare outcomes of first degree murder cases all over the state because it appears there's a disparity uh, just in how they're prosecuted based on whether or not it's an urban uh, uh, environment or a rural environment. Just the cost mm-hmm. of prosecution. Uh, will alter the outcomes of of some of these cases, and, the, and there's some questions about whether that's um, constitutional. So I was sure, part of that study. I, yeah, I'm and, sure that uh, that so, exists. Doesn't that I, I'm sure that exists across the country? Oh, in absolutely. Every state yeah. is yeah. No, I think it's a thing. it's a big problem uh, everywhere, yeah. and I think this kind of st- to, uh, studies uh, could be useful just about anywhere. Um, mm. But in this case, uh, you know, I was I wasn't getting any really any problems from most of the other counties except this one, uh, where the county attorney's office decided uh, that they they wanted to uh, um, consider me a commercial user, and this is where we get into some nuance of Arizona law, uh, the Arizona public records law. Uh, has a uh, provision for uh, what's called a commercial purpose. And it's kind of similar to, uh, there are similar laws across the country in the various states' public records laws that allow government agencies to either reject a public records request or charge somebody a lot more money uh, for that public record if they're going to use it for a commercial purpose. Uh, the way the Arizona statute defines a commercial purpose, it's really intended for people that use, uh, uh, that actually acquire public information and then turn around and sell it. So they may go to a county assessor's office and mm-hmm. get a list of of uh, everybody who bought a new home in the last 30 days. Uh, that's a public record. And then mm-hmm. turn around and use that as a mailing list to to sell new homeowners on on carpeting and and drapes and you know that I kind see. of thing. 
Uh, You know, every every new homeowner gets a raft of of mail trying to sell them something, and it usually comes from a public record is where they get it. That allows the public body to charge a lot more money. So in this case, uh, they they, uh, Pima County took the position that because I get paid by lawyers to do work, that I am a commercial. (laughs) I have a commercial purpose. And therefore, uh, they wanted to charge me a whole bunch of money for this data. The, and we never got to a price uh, because the, the, the problem uh, the, was that to determine what that price is under the Arizona statute, they get to calculate how much money it costs them to compile it, kind of staff time, plus a, uh, some consideration of what the commercial value is, what the market value is of this. Uh, and so... What the heck is the market value of first-degree murder data? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so the way that they decided to uh, calculate it was they demanded from me all copies of all studies I've done for other attorneys uh, really? and copies of all of my finances. That's where I drew wow. the line. I said, wait a minute, now you're getting into privileged uh, work product. A lot of these studies that I do never wind up in court. Uh, the, it's, it's used for discussions between the attorney and his client, between the attorney and the prosecutor. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a lot of this information is, is it, and it absolutely is work product because I'm not just giving them the data that I collect. I'm doing analysis of the data. So that's really what I sell is my time to do uh, a sentencing analysis. Mm-hmm. And so uh, uh, I said, look, uh, I disagree with you that uh, just because I get paid for my time doesn't make me a commercial uh, purpose under the definition in the statute. Um, and, uh, and you're asking me for stuff that is uh, beyond what I can give you. And so I had, uh, because they were raising these issues, I, re- I asked a lawyer who handles public records matters, uh, a guy that mm-hmm. I've known for many years, uh, I asked him to write a letter to the Pima County attorney to explain our position about what, whether, why we don't uh, comply with the, uh, why we shouldn't fall under this commercial purpose statute. And um, the next thing I knew, they never responded to that letter. Uh, he wrote the letter, but the next thing I knew, a processor was showing up in my office with a copy of a lawsuit. And uh, the Pima County attorney filed a lawsuit in Maricopa County and asking a court to uh, declare, this was asking for a declaratory judgment against me, uh, uh, asking the court to declare that I have a commercial purpose under the Arizona Public Records Law. So that was the the nut of the uh, lawsuit. Okay, so I'm a little confused. Had you already gotten the information, and now they're deciding to charge you, or are no, you just they, in the process? No, they withheld of the information for a while uh, until this uh, uh, issue was going to be resolved, and uh, I, I took the position that they were denying us access to the public records. So eventually, kind of in the middle of the lawsuit, they eventually gave me the data. And uh, so, <laughs> that left it so they, to, to so uh, they filed a dispute the, about cost. Okay, so they filed a lawsuit against you before you right. actually obtained the information. That makes no right. sense. Right. 
Okay. And it I just was, want to uh, sure I don't I even remember that. exactly how long it was before they finally coughed up the data. But, uh, but we moved for summary judgment in, uh, in the uh, Maricopa County Superior Court and had oral arguments, and the judge granted us summary judgment <clears throat> and had some nice things to say about the work that I was doing and, uh, and how wrong the Pima County attorney was in its interpretation of the statute. Uh, the other thing I should point out is that there is a an exception within the statute that said, that was pretty important, and it says that it's just one sentence, and it says it is not a commercial purpose to use uh, public information uh, for legal research. Ah, oh, and nice. and I felt I have felt that uh, that one sentence is, is practically written for what I do. Uh, it's the kind of language uh, that, frankly, is the reason that people can go into the p- a police department, a p- PI can go into the police department and get a public record of a police report um, mm. or go into any court and, and gather information. I mean, every PI gets paid for their time to go out and gather public records to do all kinds of things for backgrounding. Correct. Uh, researching uh, prior cases. I mean, there's uh, public information and public records are bread and butter to a private investigator. And for uh, a public body to take a position that because we have paying clients that we are uh, therefore commercial users and subject to significant costs and intrusion into our uh, records, uh, work product records, uh, had all kinds of implications for it, and that's why I pursued the case. Well, I, you know, I good for you, and and you know, let let's just get into your background a little bit, Rich, because I you're perfectly suited for doing this kind of research because you were a print and broadcast journalist for almost thirty years, right? And uh, so you you really know the nuts and bolts of this process, probably more than many of us who are in the private investigation business. Well, I've certainly been pursuing public records. I've been uh, fighting public records battles for 40 years, and they never seem to change. It gets trying at times. Uh, but but uh, as, a, as a journalist, I certainly used public records a lot. And I had the resource of a, of a large institution, a large newspaper, uh, worked for the Arizona Republic, Mm-hmm. And uh, and we actively litigated uh, public records uh, denials over the years. So I was involved in a, in a lot of litigation over the years involving public records, but always as a plaintiff. Uh, if a public body denies you access, <laughs> the burden is usually on the requester to right. to seek that uh, um, uh, recourse through the court. And in, in this particular case, they turned it around. This doesn't happen very often. And uh, thank goodness, I mean, I, it's kind of in, there's, I've heard people refer to it as a slap suit. You might remember from right, years ago right. that, uh, that uh, this was kind of tactic was used to sue uh, critics uh, a lot. And, and that's kind of what this was. And I, that's the other part of why I pursued this is I felt like it was a bullying tactic on the part of this public body. Uh, they acknowledged that what I was asking for was indeed a public record, but they were trying to find a way to get me to voluntarily uh, or coerce me into withdrawing that public records request uh, mm-hmm. because of the cost of litigation. 
And hmm. I just refuse to do that. Well, it's, it's certainly, I, I'm sure it probably helped you to have been a plaintiff uh, and then become a de- defendant. Other way around, it could have been problematic. <laughs> but to have been a, de- been a plaintiff, it probably helped you understand uh, what was going on at their end as well as what you needed to do. Yeah, the, the big problem, of course, is that uh, uh, they're playing with house money. They've got uh, their attorneys that are on salary, and it doesn't really, uh, it, it's no cost to that county agency, really, to um, to litigate something. Uh, as a When I was at the newspaper, it was great to have the resources of the newspaper, and I could go out there and, and fight these battles, uh, and the newspaper would pay for the for the attorneys. But here I am as a small business person now. I own my own operation. I have a half dozen employees, uh, and this is on my dime. And right. and I have to decide whether or not to commit uh, what turned out to be tens of thousands of dollars of, sure. of my money to to uh, fight this principled battle against mm-hmm. uh, against a bully. Yeah, many people would have given up long before. Yeah. Well, in fact, uh, just about three weeks ago, uh, the Pima County Sheriff, same county but a different public body, the Pima County Sheriff did exactly the same thing to another private investigator. That private really? investigator was seeking uh, uh, police reports about uh, an accuser in a sexual assault case, a high-profile sexual assault case down in Tucson uh, that private investigator was retained by the defense and and was backgrounding the accuser again that's mm-hmm. a a normal thing that uh, private investigators doing criminal defense work do you yep. background the accuser because you and so he asked for some police reports from the Pima County Sheriff about prior incidents involving this same accuser and uh that sheriff filed uh, sued that private investigator. His name is Randy Downer with Interstate Investigations. Uh, they filed a law uh, seeking a deck and action. What's happening with uh, it? Uh, they have just now filed. Uh, Randy's attorneys you. have just now filed a, a response to that lawsuit and are seeking uh, summary judgment, the same way I did, uh, requesting uh, summary judgment. So it is now. It's just starting. Um, and certainly when he got, he was aware of, of what happened to me, uh, and so he immediately called me up as soon as he got served, and we had a long talk about uh, what his options were and uh, and whether this was going to become a trend here that if they, uh, if they feel like they can bully people into, into not seeking public records, uh, legitimately seeking legitimate public records, if they can bully him by filing lawsuits, then the, you know, I don't want to be too extreme here, but the terrorists win. So we've got to we got to stand up to these guys. Uh, and and to his credit, uh, Randy dug in his heels, and he's going to to oppose it as well. So we're hoping that we can kind of put a stop to these kind of public bodies attacking public records requesters and then selfishly private investigators. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. 
Need to hire a private investigator? Ask for their professional association affiliations. When an investigator asks Francie Kaler about associations, she says to first join a state trade association. Francie belongs to the California Association of Licensed Investigators, or CALI. It's the largest association of its kind in the world. CALI's main focus is networking, training, and legislative advocacy. If you need a detective in California, contact CALI at cali-pi.org or call 1-800-350-CALI. For a national association, Francie's choice is the National Council of Investigation and Security Services, or NCISS. For over 35 years, the council's primary mission has been to represent its members before the United States Congress and governmental agencies. Find the council at NCISS.org or call 1-800-445-8408. NCISS and Cali are great places to look for a qualified private investigator. Tell them you heard it from Francie on P.I.'s Declassified. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. listening to P.I.'s Declassified with Francie Kaler. You can call into the program. We'll take questions and comments at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You can also email your question to Francie. Send it to francie at pisdeclassified.com. Now, here's Francie Kaler. So we had a few technical difficulties and we're back with private investigator Rich Robertson, who fought Goliath in the form of Pima County, Arizona, and won. Rich, you were just talking about a private investigator that uh, the sheriff's office also filed a suit from Pima County. Uh, Let's talk about that a little bit. Right. Uh, It was about three weeks ago when the Pima County sheriff uh, filed a lawsuit against a private investigator named Randy Downer uh, with interstate investigations down there. Randy's a a really good guy, really uh, uh, top-notch investigator down there. And he is the defense investigator in a high-profile sexual assault case. And he did what defense investigators do, and that's background the uh, accusers in, in sure. the cases. And it's, it's just a routine thing that people do. And among the things he asked for were police reports uh, regarding prior incidents that this same accuser was involved in. So instead of producing that those that information, which is like I say, routine a routine kind of thing that we do, uh, the sheriff filed a lawsuit against the private investigator Randy Downer, and uh, is seeking a court to declare that he doesn't have to give that information to Downer, and cited uh, various uh, theories about the victim's bill of rights and uh, some privacy interests and. Um, and that uh, criminal defense lawyers uh, and in their investigators should get this information through the discovery process, not through public records. Uh, and, all of those why, theories have been challenged in the past in Arizona, and none of them have been held up. And so for him to raise these uh, old issues uh, now is just a, a way of trying to uh, block uh, him from um, getting this information. Well, the interesting thing that comes to mind is that since they're blocking it, there must be something there. Well, 
you know, and there's a lot of nuance to it that I'm not familiar with it. And part of it is that uh, the sheriff has a, uh, a relationship or some kind of a, a family or a friendship connection to that accuser. Oh, so there's uh, there's more to that story, as they say. Yeah. Uh, but but uh, it's it's one of those issues where, as an investigator, if you're going to get sued by a by a public body for doing your job, uh, it it can be uh, an intimidating and daunting situation because sure. the, the clients typically don't want to spend their resources on fighting public records battles. And so sometimes you get stuck as the investigator uh, fighting a battle on behalf of a client who's not even paying you, which is what well, happened let to me. me. Yeah, let me ask you, when you've done this in the past, because, uh, because yes, I mean, a, a certainly a good question is, why isn't the defense attorney getting the same information through the discovery process? Have you found that not all of the information has been turned over by the district attorney? Right, well, there's... Um, a couple answers to that is is that it's uh, doing an independent investigation in criminal defense is is critical, and you shouldn't rely on to do a good job. You shouldn't be relying only on what the government tells you is relevant. Mm-hmm. So, which is what the discovery process is. So they decide. Uh, you know, there's obviously lots of rules and stuff that go with that that they're supposed to disclose, but. We know that lots of wrongful convictions happen because prosecutors right. withhold exculpatory and relevant information. And so it's important for defense investigators to go out and do independent investigations. And checking court records and police reports and things like that are a part of that process. Mm-hmm. There is, uh, <clears throat> in Arizona and in other states, you are not precluded from making public records requests just because you are in litigation with the state. Sure. That, uh, you don't give up your right to public records just because there is a discovery process. And so, uh, it, yes, you should do both. And I have done both. And, and it's always interesting to me that I will get a, a police report as a public record and then get that same police report through the discovery process and they're redacted completely differently. Uh, and, oh, really? And, oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> and it's uh, kind of amusing at times uh, and uh, and enlightening. Hmm. So it's Interesting. important. Now, Pima County, aren't that's also the county that was uh, where the... Uh, County attorney was involved in another conflict regarding withholding information. Are you familiar with that one? Yeah. Uh, well, if, if uh, I'm not sure exactly which one you're talking about, there was a uh, um, an attorney down there who was eventually disbarred over um, withholding Brady materials and things like that. So, yeah, they they've they've had a history down there of. Of problems. Why don't you Why don't you say what Brady material is? Like maybe a lot of people don't know what that is. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's uh, um, it's a U.S. Supreme Court case, uh, uh, Brady uh, versus Maryland, I believe uh, is mm-hmm. the, the full title, and um, uh, so it's it's become shorthand to refer to the fact that the 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 government in prosecuting somebody has to disclose. Uh, to the defense, anything that they have in their possession that is of an exculpatory nature. So if they come across information that that would tend to show 
somebody is uh, um, uh, it's it's contrary information contrary to the state's theory of the case. I guess would be the way to say it uh, that they have to produce that information. And I don't know whether this is the same situation or not, but this was uh, Supervisor Allie Miller. Oh, uh, right, right, right. To, yes, yes. Is that a is that a different one? No, it's well. It's uh, she's okay. a supervisor down. Yeah, she's a member of the board of supervisors down there, and has been uh, involved in some controversy about uh, withholding public records. It's it's she's obviously a separate public body from either the sheriff or the county attorney. Uh, but well, but yeah, she's it's it is the same county. Well, the news article that I'm I have in my hand here from the Tucson Sentinel, Sentinel uh, mm-hmm. is. Pretty, they pretty much uh, take her to task about this. She was right. Oh yeah, using her private email. What an unusual situation that is. Uh, using her private email yeah, to, exactly. uh, I guess, keep people from getting to to evade public records, essentially, and telling yeah. her staff members um, to to withhold it, to withhold it, and to password it separately, and to use private email. Um, and uh, be secret about the things they were doing. There's all kinds of uh, really interesting things about it. Yeah, I mean, anybody that's been doing, uh, been involved in trying to obtain public records uh, at all uh, knows that there's, it's just a constant uh, battle that there's no, public bodies aren't aren't anxious to to turn stuff over and, and so it's it's frequently a fight, and particularly for when you start going after records that that don't normally get released, and mm-hmm. and so you know a, a public body like a police department that where lots of people are always asking for police reports, they have a process set up, and it's it's frequently no big deal uh, to go get a police report. But if, in my case, going after conviction data, uh, large amounts of data, no one had ever asked Pima County for that before. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, the uh, or ask for a member of the Board of Supervisors emails or another big controversy that was going on in Arizona recently had to do with the State Corporation Commission and text messaging on cell phones uh, and uh, that because the even though it's a private cell phone, if they're doing state business on their private cell phone, it's still a public record. And can you get access to a uh, uh, an elected official's private cell phone to be able to get to the public communications? Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, there's there's lots of those kinds of battles uh, that are being fought not only in my state but all over the country this is it's a constant thing and it's a uh it's pretty interesting a lot of times it's it's uh these are difficult times and technology is, has changed the way that we have to go after public records and how public records are created and stored and accessible and uh, so it's it's an interesting time to be doing public records battles well let's let's talk about what public records really is so, because mm-hmm. there's some things that are exempt, is the federal law and the Arizona law the same, or does the Arizona no. law differ from the federal law? 
um, state state public records laws um, are all of their all state public records laws are different than the federal. So the federal Freedom of Information Act uh, has governs obviously public uh, federal agency records. Uh, the uh, California public records law, I think, is referred to as the Brown Act. Um, obviously, uh, deals with California records, and mm-hmm. while there are similarities between these uh, statutes, the state statutes, public record statutes, and the Federal Freedom of Information Act, uh, they're they're all different, and they're all handled different. Arizona has a pretty good public records statute, and and it's very short. Uh, compared to, say, California, which is fairly long, and the Federal Freedom of Information Act, which is really voluminous. The, uh, in Arizona, the public records statute basically says everything is presumptively a public record. Really? And then wow. exceptions to that are scattered throughout the statute, uh, throughout the statute books. So there's three or 400 different kinds of exceptions uh, out there, but they're scattered throughout. So it's things like grand jury uh, transcripts uh, that's created by a government agency. Uh, so by it would be presumptively a public record, except there's a statute that says it's not. And there's uh, birth and death records. Of, um, I mean, there's there's hundreds of different things that are accepted from the public records. In fact, in Arizona right now, there's a battle going on uh, over the statute that makes executioner information in death penalty cases uh, uh, confidential. And how mm. far does that extend? Does it extend to the manufacturers of the drugs that are used mm-hmm. in a lethal injection, for example? So uh, that's really a, a public records battle. And, and yeah. so these, these are the kind of things. Now, in, in California... Uh, public records laws are much more restrictive than Arizona. Right, uh, we can get yeah, access to police reports <laughs> at times when California yeah. residents cannot get access to theirs. For example, yeah, it's yeah, it's difficult here. Yeah, in fact, it's, uh, uh, not good. In fact, there was uh, uh, about three or four years ago, I think, uh, several people went into various agencies asking for records and were shot down. Uh, pretty much across the state, and there was a big, uh, there's several big news articles about uh, restricting public records from uh, various uh, government agencies and police departments. And I don't think that it was ever totally resolved. The First Amendment Coalition uh, went after it, and right. I'm not sure that was ever totally resolved. It, it never really is, it, and it just kind of resurrects uh, things, and people, these agencies kind of make up their own rules as they go. Um, and, uh, you know, there's, uh, one of my pet peeves here has to do with, uh, um, public records request forms that ask people to explain why they want this information. And, and in Arizona, the law says any person can ask for this information. Mm-hmm. So the way that it works here, you don't have to explain yourself. And right. And you don't have to show that it's relevant to anything. You don't have to justify it to the public body. Uh, and the public body doesn't get to decide whether or not you have a good reason for wanting access to this public information. Uh, and yet public bodies all the time 
on their forms will ask that question. And if you walk up to the counter uh, and ask for the information frequently, you'll get met with, well, who are you? Why do you want this? Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and depending on what mood I'm in that day, I <laughs> <laughs> have various responses to that question. <laughs> Most of the time so, it comes down to because it's a public record. And I don't oh, have anything good. else to do. So <laughs> that's good. So when you me. fill out the form to to request it, uh, well, when I when I fill out, get to that question, I'll either leave it blank, or uh-huh. I'll write non-commercial purpose. Okay. Okay. And so, in Arizona, um, that's, yeah, yeah. You know, this is such a great topic because I suspect that most private investigators, regardless of the kind of uh, regardless of their specialty, do not use public records very frequently, if at all. Private investigators and police. That's one of the areas that I think are is remarkable to me is how little law enforcement agencies know about what uh, information's out there that they can get to uh, in a law, you know, without... <laughs> they're so used to running around with their badge uh, that they think that, uh, that everything's secret. Uh, but but, uh, yeah, I, I agree completely. A lot of private investigators really don't know uh, what all is out there that they could get to and then how to actually use the system to get to it. It's, it's a okay, big area. So, so, Rich, give us some tips. Well, the first tip, I think, would be to uh, start with the assumption that it is available, uh, that that. It is a public information out there, and and just because a government agency tells you uh, that they won't give it to you, uh, don't take no for an answer because they mm-hmm. usually don't know. I went to a conference one time where uh, uh, a guy from the White House was talking about the uh, public information, the uh, Freedom of Information Act, and stuff, and he had a great line. I used it repeatedly. Uh, no one in government ever got a promotion for giving out information. <laughs> mm-hmm. So okay. you gotta you kind of go in and you start with the assumption that they're going to resist, but that doesn't mean that you're not entitled to it. So uh, obviously one of the tips is know, know the statute, uh, know what your rights are, and know how to uh, say, you know, start the process uh, so you just have to know how the system works uh, to be able to to uh, persist in getting that information. Uh, the other thing is to uh, that you're entitled to a lot of the stuff in its native format, uh, and because things are keep kept ev- virtually everything these days is kept in an electronic form, you can mm-hmm. request it in an electronic form. And and uh, I just went through this with the uh, state. Department of Public Safety here, I was trying to get some uh, copies of an act, of an incident report. Well, it was a, a criminal investigation that they did. And they wrote back and said, okay, we have it at 660 pages, and uh, we charge uh, 50 cents a page. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mm-hmm. said, no, 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 no. I said, um, I'll, I'll take it on a disc. And it okay. was $15. Because okay just for the cost of the disc. That's a huge so tip. So just because they want to give it to you on paper doesn't mean you they have to give it to you on paper. 
or you have to accept it on paper. Um, so that's it's just kind of knowing all that stuff. I mean, and it doesn't sound complicated because it really isn't, but but a lot of people are not aware of it, uh, and just don't take no for an answer. And and there's there's some mythologies that have grown up in public bodies uh, that go back many years, and there's in and this is unique. This might be state unique, but in uh, the police or courts will tell you that well, I can't give that to you because it's got the name of a juvenile in it, or I can't right. give that to you because that person uh, that was a suicide case. And at least in Arizona, uh, that has never been true. And yet, there is a mythology out there among law enforcement and some courts that it is true, and they'll try to withhold that information. Mm-hmm. And you got to say, uh, no, 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 you can't. That's tell me what authority you have to withhold that information, and there isn't any authority to withhold that information. And sometimes you have to appeal it to a um, and a, a big one here is ongoing investigations, uh, and that's, oh, always, yeah, that is always. a provision that in California I know that's a big problem. Right. Uh, but in Arizona, there's actually case law here that says that that's not a uh, a valid reason for, to withhold information, uh, mm. that that you can't withhold something in its entirety. <clears throat> a public body, a police agency, can withhold information that will create a material harm to their investigation if it's disclosed. So they could withhold things uh, like maybe uh, redact a portion of the police report that might have a statement by a witness that uh, that it w- if that particular statement was was released publicly would harm the investigation they could they could justify withholding it on that basis but they can't just say oh it's an ongoing investigation and therefore uh, we're not going to give it to you that's I been see. litigated in Arizona a number of times and for many years and yet I just uh, I still run into it I, I uh, Yavapai County Sheriff's Office up in northern Arizona has it on their website that uh, under their public records thing that says right there on their website, we won't release uh, any information about a case that is uh, ongoing. Mm -hmm. And and there is no authority for that whatsoever under the Arizona public records law. Interesting. So, okay, so, Rich, you're at, say, you're going into the, into, the courthouse, you're at the clerk's office, and you're mm-hmm. asking for specific records, and you get stalled. Tell me what you do from there. Well, in uh, again, I'll kind of uh, focus on Arizona, because uh, that's the one I know best. The There's another part, another tip to knowing about public records is that court, because of separation of powers, uh, the courts actually have their own public access rule. In Arizona, it's called Supreme Court Rule 123. So uh, the the public records law governs access to records under uh, the legislative and executive branches, but the courts have their own public access rule. And they're very similar, uh, and and they lift a lot of language, so there's there's not a lot of difference. But the appeals process... Uh, for being uh, denied a public record 
if you went to an executive branch like a police department and asked for a police report and you were denied, the appeal process under the public records law is different than the appeal process in the courts under Rule 123. So okay. again, it's one of those areas that you have to know uh, how that system works for that particular kind of uh, a public body. In a court situation, uh, in Arizona, if, if the court clerk denies you access to a record, then the, you can appeal that to the presiding judge. Uh, okay. And you just have to do that in writing. And if you were to go to a police department under the executive branch that uh, uh, denied you a record in Arizona, you'd have to file a special action to uh, file your own lawsuit against the police department in the superior court. So it's two different kinds of appeals hmm. processes. Now, you know, obviously there's things... Uh, I, I went to a local police agency asking for a simple DUI case, and they told me that they weren't going to release it because the lab results hadn't come back, and so it was an ongoing investigation. They were going to withhold the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I said, no, 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 that's not how that works. And the clerk said, well, uh, that may be the uh, may not be what the law is, but that's our policy. Okay. But, well, let's so just what abolish do you do the legislature. Let's just, you know, so back to civics class. So I, I uh, you know, I, my, under the statute, I would, in theory, file a, a special action, which seemed a little ludicrous. Instead, I called the department's legal advisor, the police department's legal advisor, and I said, hey, I was just down there asking for this record. And here's what I was told, and I could, and the guy said, just there was this pause, and he said, "I'll call you back." And mm. 30 minutes later, I get a call back and said, "Your report's waiting for you." Okay. And uh, and the city attorney said he was going to ha- uh, have a uh, a training class. <laughs> and, oh, good. In the in the uh, public uh, records section of the police Roberts department, so that's the kind class. of thing you have to have to fight sometimes. Well. Um, you know, one of the things that's that's often valuable in a case is how many calls uh, the police have had to a certain address, for example. Right. And that's one that uh, the police departments are stalling in California anyway, giving giving out, even though right. it's absolutely public record. Used to be, you know, in, at least in small communities, local regs they usually publicize them in the paper. <laughs> Of right. how many calls have been made to a certain address? Yeah, um, police blotter. What do you run? Yeah, what do you run into with that? Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of an ongoing thing. Uh, one of the justifications in in among lawmakers and among public bodies and stuff to withhold public information is privacy interests, and and that has been a battle cry uh, for. Uh, a long time, and it's steadily, it's one of the big reasons that, that public records are, are steadily being chipped away at, and it's one of the justifications. So they'll start out with, well, we're not going to give you crime victims information. Now we're not going to give you witnesses information. Uh, we're going to withhold all of their dates of birth. We're going to um, withhold any statement that they make because of privacy interests. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a when legislators are considering bills that uh, that further restrict public records, it's hard for a politician to vote against a crime victim or people's privacy interests. And yeah, sure. and and yet 
we know from the calls we get that that everybody wants to know everything they can about somebody else, but they don't want anybody to know anything about them. <laughs> right. exactly. So there's this, <laughs> you know, how many calls do we get every single day? I want to know all about my neighbor, my cheating spouse, my, right. uh, you know, uh, the defendant in my lawsuit. Uh, it's... Um, and and then they said, well, you know, you can't get that information because the legislature uh, put a lid on it. How dare them? You know, I need to know this. Well, go talk to your legislator. And, and, <laughs> and so I always laugh because private investigators feel the same way. They want to know something about everybody else, but they don't want to give up anything about themselves. <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. It. Yeah. And so it's it's every every legislative session uh, there's oh, there's some additional thing that that comes out and and we have to uh, constantly fight back. There's uh, uh, things like autopsy photos. That was uh, back in Florida when uh, um, there was a big battle over over uh, was it? Uh, uh, I'm gonna show my ignorance here. I think it was Dale Earnhardt uh, death. Uh, his race car driver died, and, oh, and right, uh, some right. news organizations yeah. wanted to get access to the uh, autopsy photos. And there was such outrage because of the invasion of the family's privacy uh, was the way it was viewed, and um, and so that started a ball rolling nationally to shut down access to uh, autopsy photos. Well, arguably. Uh, Putting an autopsy photo on somebody's website uh, is pretty offensive and, and, and an invasion of privacy. But for us in the criminal defense business, autopsy photos are important, and right. it's uh, uh, goes right to the Sixth Amendment and, and our ability to uh, assist in, in somebody's criminal defense, and exactly. and it's it's an important thing. So Could make or break uh, a case. lawmakers want to put these all into one big bucket and say uh, only the public agencies and only law enforcement should have access to this. Well, that's a problem when only government has access to the information and uh, and that you have to get it from them or get permission from them or have to justify to them why, why you think that uh, you ought to get it. So we have to constantly push back on some of those privacy arguments uh, because there are other interests that are legitimate interests, and it's not just uh, um, media interest or, or purian interest by the public getting access to some of these things. Well, you know, it goes to the core of our American system. I mean, it's right up there with free speech and freedom of the press and freedom of information. That's what that's what this country's about, supposedly. Right. Yeah, you may not like uh, what somebody does with this information, uh, but if government gets to decide whether you get the information and how you're going to use it, that creates a whole different set of problems. Well, it does, and it's scary. Because when the government is the only one that keeps the information, then all kinds of things can happen that aren't very appealing. Right, and that's why we do independent investigations uh, in criminal defense cases, is that we shouldn't uh, uh, base a, a criminal defense on just what the government decides to give you. And, you know, there's a lot of kind of, I want to say, lazy uh uh, criminal defense lawyers who who will only re- rely on the disclosure that they get from the prosecutor to decide how to defend their client. 
and uh, those are the clients that that will have problems if if they're wrongfully convicted. Well, I so much appreciate uh, your stand on this because you know I I use uh, public records information periodically, but it's certainly not something I have as a protocol to do on every case or even on certain kinds of cases. So I really appreciate talking about this. And I yeah, hope... As, as, a, as a journalist for 30 years, I thought I was a, a really uh, heavy user of public records. And yeah. uh, frankly, it, it has paled uh, compared to how much I use public records now as an investigator. Really? Uh, I, use, I use it far, far more. Uh, and uh, it's... I, several times a day, I'm filing records requests to some public body uh, in, in this job. That's amazing now. to me. That's uh, uh, that is going to change the way I do things. I can tell you. Yep. So I appreciate some, that. Something to think about. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Well, you know, uh, Rich is such a, a great example. You, I know you're past president of the Arizona Association Licensed Investigators. You've. Great. Oh gosh, you've been an editor of Arizona Public. You had uh, projects that were finalists for Pulitzer prizes. You've done all these kind of things, and it, so it's really uh, it's really gratifying to hear that you uh, first of all won the lawsuit. You prevailed on the lawsuit <laughs> against uh, a government cost, agency. Yeah. That's just huge. And. Uh, but the, but the whole information about public records and what to access and why to access and to do it on all your cases that's just that's real valuable real valuable information i appreciate that you bet i'm happy to talk about it anytime well we're almost at the end of our show i want to read um, when you were given this award the freedom of information award the man that nominated you, Dan Barr, who's a media attorney, this is what he said about you. And I want to read it for everybody to hear. He says, for more than 40 years, there's been no greater champion of the Arizona public records law than Rich Robertson. He's the founder and owner of R3 Investigations and a certified legal investigator. He was a print broadcast journalist in Arizona for 28 years before becoming a state licensed private investigator. Rich uh, Robertson's journalism experience included Two decades with the Arizona Republic, where he was on the investigative team and a city editor, editor of three Republic investigative projects, finalist for Pulitzer Prizes, and Emmy Award-winning investigative reporter for Channel 5, that's KPHO-TV, and Channel 12, KPNX-TV. So, well-deserved, Rich. Thank you for well, fighting thanks. the battle for all of the rest of us. I appreciate it. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for being on the show, too. And um, so the rest of you guys, uh, join me again next week as we declassify more real stories from great champions of our profession, rich like Rich Robertson. Every Thursday morning, it's PIs Declassified. I'm Francie Kaler. Thanks so much for listening. You've been listening to PIs Declassified with your host, Francie Kaler. Tune in every Thursday at noon Eastern Time. That's 9 a.m. for you West Coast listeners. P.I.'s Declassified explores stories of deceit, mystery, and detectives unraveling the truth. Every Thursday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, here on the Voice America Variety Channel. 